All right, so bonus round. Let's talk about isolated game design. So you mentioned in the main show you lived in Korea for a while and you're, you're over there teaching, right? What is it like to, to be in that environment, right, where maybe gaming isn't a big deal? Uh, you know, over in Korea, uh, they're, they're a little bit different as far as which games they like to play. Their, their national pastime is StarCraft, if I remember correctly. And so, like, tell me about living in Korea, you know, like what you didn't have access to that maybe people in the States or people in the U.K. do and, and kind of what you did to overcome those obstacles. So I'd say it was kind of a double part. I wouldn't say just living in Korea, because I'm sure if anyone who lives in Korea from this is going to go, well, actually, we have a group of designers who meet every week. Plenty of meetups and game stores. You just didn't (laughs) have any friends. What I'll say is, uh, in Korea, Korea as a country is very capital-centric. Seoul is, if you're not Korean, Seoul is where everything happens. I didn't live in Seoul. I lived about four hours away from Seoul in a city called Daegu. Um, There was a wonderful group of people who sat and played games every week, but there was no board game store. The only way to get games in English in my city was to either order them online or take a trek up to like the one foreign game, the game one game store in Seoul that had foreign games. And um, so I had people to play with, but I didn't have really any other designers to speak to. And there's none of the events. And I think it might be something that is even just the US. I see loads of, hey, it's board game designer. It- IndieCon 3000, it's in this tiny town in Illinois, and for some reason we have a dedicated community of game designers that meet and have this big event where you can test your games. And I thought, whoa. Whenever I saw those, I would get jealous, because in Korea they do have a group of game designers in Seoul, but the way our schedules for working are, I'd finish work at 9.30 at night. There's no way I can drag myself up on a weekday to go to a city that's four hours away, because by the time I get there, everyone's in bed. Yeah. So when you don't have that network of support, I think you can feel quite isolated in not having anyone to speak to, not having as many people to bounce your ideas off. So one of the things I did early on uh, was I got some prototypes of my games. But actually, I have one of the old prototypes. So I put way too much work into these, but I made a prototype with all the bits you would need to play my game. But I also made them customizable enough, and I sent them out. I spent too much money sending them out to people very early on and then sending them updates and telling them how to change things. So I kind of built my own network of support, people to bounce ideas off, and also play testers as well. Because my city did have that group of people that played, but that would be, oh, I've very thoroughly tested my game with five people, yeah. which isn't at all what you want to be doing in this kind of situation. So what I made sure I did by sending out as much as I could was that I got responses from different people, like like different backgrounds. And then I tried to play with different people. But I think when you're living in a country like Korea, the language barrier is so big that there is this, like, barrier to who you can use as a playtester. Like, I think if now that I'm back in the UK, I've tapped into the local game store in my city. Newcastle, a bigger city, is a 10-minute train right away. There's three game stores there. If I want to hop up to Scotland, Scotland is three hours away and I've spoken to game store owners all across. And even then, if I send a copy of my game to someone, it's one day away in the post. Yeah, for sure. And how did you find those people that you sent those games to? Like those people from different backgrounds, live different places. What was your process? Um, some of them were <laughs> some of them were people I'd maybe met once at a game store, once at a game event. And I messaged them out and and go, hello would you like a demo of a copy of a game to use? And then some of it was, I did feel limited in my early playtesting because some of it was friends. So I knew a friend who played board games here in Korea. They've moved 
back to Toronto and they plugged into the community there, perfect. I'll use them as the gateway to get the game over there. Someone I know has gone back to the UK, perfect. They'll be the gateway in there. So I think there's like maybe, I can't remember, I think there's like eight of these prototypes floating around somewhere. Some in the States, some in Canada, some all over that just sit and get played and get used. But it was effective to me because I was surprised at how wide a range of people I got. Like I deliberately gave a copy to someone I know who isn't super into board games, but is super into sports. And he's <laughs> quite a forceful personality. So he forced his other sporty friends to play my game. <laughs> they didn't have the best time. That's fine. I had a, another friend who's super into RPGs. Again, he brings in this crew of people that's a different demographic than what I had access to in Korea. I even had corporate lawyers in London playing my game on their lunch breaks. And that was another completely different kind of demographic of people that I reached by reaching out. But I think if you're in one of these situations, you have to be the one that reaches out because there's not going to be a local event you can stumble upon. There's not going to be a local game shop where the designers meet up. You have to be the one putting yourself out there and forcing yourself to spread do you find the same in honduras or do you not have the same problem yeah what's interesting because i i live in this community of, of teachers most of us are american mm -hmm. or canadian and so we all speak english and uh, there's a lot of people here who love board games and so i have people actually coming up to me and like saying hey can we play your game soon and it's like oh oh yeah, yes we can you know and so it's very interesting uh how oh, but that's new though now where i used to live uh, i've kind of made this joke on the, on the show before i lived in kind of a, a farther out town it was not quite mm. a village a little bit bigger than a village it had some amenity it didn't have any like there was no american stuff right there was no mcdonald's nothing like yeah. that um what you do have in like some of the bigger uh, areas of the capital and stuff like that but i lived in the yellow house uh, across let's see, yellow house on the corner across from the horse field near the soccer field like that was my literal address right. mm -hmm. and so and in that area there weren't very many people that spoke english there's only two or three and so that was very difficult and that was when i had to just kind of do it, you know, just me and my I made a lot of two-player games at that point, right? Just yeah. me and my wife, me and my daughter playing these games and, and trying to figure stuff out. And, you know, that's where online communities are so valuable, so important to meet people through Facebook groups and, and through Reddit and things like that that can help you out. And even it's just to bounce ideas around. Uh, so that's what kind of yeah. what I did back then. And now, luckily, I have people here who have great minds for gaming. And then I had a, I had a really good friend who had a great mind for development here. And he was just so, and now he lives back in the States now, so I have to send him stuff, you know, through email and whatnot mm. to get his feedback. But uh, yeah, it's to a certain extent what you dealt with, but but much easier because there's people here that I can play with. Um, and, and it's rotating, right? So we have new teachers that come in every year, and so there's yeah. new people to, to play with. But like what? I, mean, I don't want to seem ungrateful to any of the people from Daegu who are listening. <laughs> like the feedback and the testing I yeah. got in that group was so valuable. But again, it's that small pool. One of them... Uh, one of the things that, so, I don't know if you know the game by, oh, what's the publishing company? Garbage Day is the name of the game. It's like the trash can and you're stacking the cards. Oh, yeah, it's from Mayday. Mayday. Mm -hmm. Well, the designer actually lives in Korea. Oh, wow. Okay. And one week, he came to Daegu from the city. He lives in Busan. And he played my game. He wasn't expecting to test a game. Oh, my word. It was like, he, he, tore, he tore my game a new one mm -hmm. when he played it. Yeah. Uh, probably the single biggest rip up of the rules and rewriting done since like the start of it but it was so valuable yeah absolutely now whether what other advice what kind of closing advice would you give somebody who's maybe isolated trying to figure this thing out you know trying to find people get yourself on discord get tabletop simulator installed because i did that way too late and i was lucky that when i started using tabletop simulator uh, oh what's his last name brandon brandon the game dev that's his website oh, pangea games 
Brandon Rollins, that's his last name. Um, He has a Discord community of wonderful, helpful people. And by the time I found that community, I was kind of dotting my my I's and crossing my T's. But so I found... (laughs) I, I went on that into that community and I took my game on Tabletop Simulator with someone there who tests games a lot. And what he said was, he said, wow, this was a lot better than I expected to be. Uh, and I think that's good because I think that means other people are getting in there nice and early when the games are still very rough. Uh, and that gives you a wider pool straight from the go. Whereas someone like me, who I feel like I did get a bit lucky working with the small pool I did to get such a I feel like I'm tooting my own horn, but to get such like a such like a rounded thing out of a small pool, I think I got lucky. I don't think it's something I even I would replicate myself in the same situation. So I know going forward, games I work on from there are going to be on Tabletop Simulator when it's a circle with a smiley face drawn by me on Microsoft Paint. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's why we started the uh, Board Game Design Lab Facebook community and also the Board Game Design Lab Discord. And so if you listen to this, you're trying to find you know people to help you out with your game, I highly recommend those two things. I know Brandon Rollins has a good Discord like you just mentioned as well. But anyway, Kyle, really, again, appreciate your time, appreciate your uh, insight and expertise on these topics, and uh, good luck with everything you got going on right now. Thanks very much. Anytime.